The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust. Wolfie, goodness gracious, we have places to go. Possible rocket launches to watch, and you're delaying the inevitable here by not barking. Woof, dang dog. Dang dog. Dang, Farlands or Bust, episode 747. Just like the aeroplane. This episode coming at you on Friday, July 26th, 2019. Being recorded on Thursday here, live in front of a Twitch audience. Wolfie took a dang long... That's been a while since Wolfie's taken that long to bark. <laughs> There's a SpaceX launch in like 30 minutes. I don't know that I'm gonna be finished recording this episode in time to be able to switch over to that, but we'll see. We'll see. We can't make the Minecraft days go faster, that's for sure. But yeah, you know what you can make go faster? The charity amount. Huh? Does that make sense? Is that that's something that makes sense at all? But uh, yeah, over at farlinesorbust.com, we are raising money for direct relief charity. We're currently at $26,474.57. And everybody who donates gets a chance to ask a question that I will uh, answer in a future episode of Farlands or Bust here, as you will surely see in this episode. And our goal is based on the size of the world save. And right now, the world save is 27,753.60 megabytes. So we're looking for $27,753. And the more episodes we make, the higher that number gets. And uh, the more we have to raise, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. The more we have to raise for direct relief charity. So farlandsabus.com. I do, whoa, I do appreciate, well, this is awful tempting. 360, no, splash. <laughs> oh, Wolfie's gonna murder himself. No? Oh, he spawned at the bottom of the sea. Uh, yeah, farlandsabus.com. You'll learn more about the series. You can donate to the charity. You can check out all the other links and resources for your farlandsabust and Kurt J. Mac needs. Indeed. Indeed. Speaking of the 747, Doc Gratis, just before we started recording, asked a question with their donation. Do you have any favorite planes or designs you like? I was just talking prior to recording that I went on a tour of the Boeing factory here on the far north side of Seattle when my dad was in town visiting something he wanted to do. Um, and that, that, that is the factory they built specifically to build the 747, and it has since now making other planes and the 777, the 787, uh, there's so many, so many sevens, so many sevens everywhere. And, uh, uh, yeah, took a tour of that, and, and yeah, there's still, I, I thought similarly that the 747 had been retired, but it had only been retired from 
from commercial passenger flights. Uh, the, the last commercial passenger 747 flight took place last year, two years ago, but they're still making new 747s for cargo transport, since they are a very large plane. I guess that makes sense. Uh, the 747 is not my favorite plane. <laughs> it's not my favorite plane. I don't know. I've talked about this before, how one... Specifically, I was in middle school. I went through a... I want to join the Air Force and become a pilot phase. And I got really into the old uh, prop plane, the World War II style airplanes. Gah, Wolfie! Uh, I, I, I Speaking of Boeings and Sevens, I, I particularly liked the, the B-17 bomber. It's just a very classic design, I suppose you could say. Um, not particularly a fan of the guns and the bombs and the murder and the death related to, to wartime planes, but um, that, of course, is a very cool plane. What was What's the double fuselage one? Isn't it the, the, the Thunderbird? Thundercats? You know what I'm talking about. It, the cockpit's in the middle, and then there's the two fuselages. Uh, lightning! Clearly, very similar. Very similar to Thunderbirds. Uh, the B P-38 Lightning. That's... That's a very... I, I guess it just... It, it makes no sense. Like, why, amongst all the other planes, why that design was one that was like, yes, this is what we will do. And then, of course, it and the eventual jet age really influenced car design and automotive design in the post-war era, I suppose you could say. What with the, uh, the big tail fins and stuff on, on cars that popped up in the 50s. Um, I was, I, as, as, a, as a middle schooler, I was a big fan of the uh, F-117 Nighthawk. <laughs> Uh, who Beef is now engaged to. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, 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 the angular, it, it, the Darth Vader plane, basically. Very angular and stealthy. And I think that kind of influenced, in and of itself, automotive design around the late 90s, mid-90s and stuff. Sometimes. You know, you look at, like, the Lamborghinis and the supercars of the area end up being very sharp and angular. Um, so, that's neat. Uh, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't much paid attention to or kept up with or even maintained interest in fighter jet or just airplane design. It, it, it's not something that's kept my interest. I suppose mostly because Kevin Love! Mostly because it's it's, it's mostly uh, un unobtainable, <laughs> an unobtainable interest of mine, and even I suppose it's there's a lack of, despite the sequel to Top Gun or whatever being premiered uh, at uh, the most recent Comic Con, there isn't much pop culture surrounding flight. And fighter jets and things like that anymore. Like there were in the 90s and 80s, Top Gun, uh, 
There's another, there was like a series of movies that were not good, uh, that were all about like fighter jets, and then there was even one about like attack helicopters and stuff. There was, there, it seemed like there was a significant amount. There were video games and stuff. There's not that many flight video games anymore that aren't specifically like flight sim, hardcore flight sim sort of games that are difficult and have a high barrier of entry. You know what, I have so many pork chops here. Let me just get rid of some. Silence. Super Thunder? Silent Thunder? Whatever was that series, I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. I can't, uh, I can't quite make a connection to it anymore. Doc Gratis also asks, any favorite types of mater? Mater? What's a mater? You mean matter? M-A-T-T-E-R, not M-A-T-E-R. Plasma, non-Newtonian fluids. Favorite types of matter. What is ice cream? <laughs> is that a is that a plasma? <laughs> is that a non-Newtonian fluid? Is that a what 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 is ice cream? <laughs> what what sort of matter is that considered? Because it's not a solid frozen. But then again, it's also not a liquid. It can turn into a liquid. Um, speaking of Mater, I saw a very funny meme. There was a picture of a watermelon, but the colors were inverted so that the flesh was green and the skin was red. And it had a single caption. That said, Materwellen. <laughs> Get it? Because it's reverse. <laughs> ah! Memes, everybody! Memes! Uh, boink and a boink. And a boink. Whoop. No, there. All right. Let's go to sleep and continue in the morning. And awakeness. And Juno thinks that that's the end of the episode, so she's trying to get my attention. But no, no, it is not. We must continue on. Yeah, uh, what did this cold do to me? Yeah, I, I, I got over the cold. Oh, I also went to a car show. I took the Subaru SVX to a car show uh, down in Tacoma. The Radwood car show, which is this... I don't know what to call it. A series? A car show series? Um, basically going around the nation, and also I think there's also going to be like a European version. Essentially, you know how like conventions and video game conventions were like the hot ticket and everybody was trying to come up with their own convention because it was like, I'm going to be the next PAX. I feel like car shows are going through some sort of similar thing. Uh, like there, there was the uh, the bulletproof car show, and now there's this this Radwood car show that's like making stops at multiple locations. I went to that, and the Radwood is a a car show specifically for very heavily weighted towards '80s cars, but it also includes '90s cars as well, which is why I took the Subaru SVX. And there was four other Subaru SVXs as is there. Or others. I was very surprised at that. 
There was one that I've seen at other car shows, this guy who has like a 26,000 mile 96 red, same as mine. Um, but like, never drives it apparently and like keeps it in immaculate mint condition. Uh, he has like those gold WRX wheels on it and uh, out of control, unnecessary. Uh, and then uh, there was one that I talked to, he bought it for a thousand dollars. I guess they're doing like a little experiment where they're seeing if they can only buy cars for a thousand dollars and live with them. Uh, and it was an SVX that they spray painted the words SVX on both sides of the doors and they removed the muffler. <laughs> Um, and, and then there were a couple, there was like one that was like all blacked out and stanced. And then there was a really shiny pearlescent white one. Uh, and, uh, mine, mine was the most stock. It had the stock wheels. It, it was, everything was stock in it. Um, as opposed to all the other ones that had some sort of upgrades or modifications or downgrades. I don't know. Um. That was interesting. That was interesting. Uh, I went to the to the Radwood thing. I didn't... I thought it would be bigger than it was. And I think that's kind of a trick of the internet and social media. Like, they have a lot of schnazzy art and advertisements and logos for the Radwood accounts. But I really think it's just like two or three people who like organize these things. Um, and it turned out to not be as, as big as even the one, the, the, the Japanese and, uh, the pre-88 Japanese and, and European show I went to. Uh, and it was, it was smaller, and I didn't like the way they had it set up. Essentially, there were, there were, like, two tiers of car entry. There was, like, the standard entry, which was, like, 25 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever it was. And then there was the Radwood Royalty, where you could pay 45 bucks or whatever and you get like a goodie bag and a t-shirt and and premium royalty parking at the show. And the way it was at a car museum in Tacoma and there was like, let's say like this, like up there was like a, a very, like a grass, a grassy area and it was surrounded by all the food and vendor booths and the DJ and, and like the stage and all the cars were somewhat sparingly parked. There seemed to be a lot more room up there, which is one of the things I didn't, wasn't a fan of. Kind of just randomly parked around on the grass and they were all very nice cars. Uh, I think the car that won the best in show was a Diablo that had an American flag paint scheme race car sort of looking thing. and. Uh, very nice cars or whatever, but then the standard, the old, the steerage class, like myself, who just got the standard entry, were lower down on a, on like a, a parking lot for the museum that it was being held at, and parked, like, in the parking spaces, and it just seemed like a, I don't know, it, it seemed separate from the show itself. We didn't have speakers or, uh, vendors around us. It just seemed like a random, like, cars and coffee had happened to take place in this parking lot below the actual car show. Um, that was kind of a bummer, because there was a bit of a, not like, you know, they were a block apart or whatever, and uh, it it didn't seem 
it didn't seem to have the same car show vibe as up on the grass. Um, there were still a lot of cool cars. Another thing for a car show that was weird that they didn't have, there was no, uh, no placards. Like, usually when you enter your car into a car show, you get, like, a, a piece of paper and, okay, with a Sharpie, you know, fill out the make, the model, where, where it's located, uh, your name or whatever. Um, none of that for any of the cars. So there were, like, a lot of cool, like, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, and, and if the driver or the, the owner wasn't there, I was like, I guess I'll never know what this is. <laughs> this is some right-hand drive imported car from the 80s. That I, that I think is cool, but good luck figuring out what it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, um, it, it was... I had a decent time. I was still in the midst of the cold, which is actually how I came to start talking about this, is I, was, I, I had the cold last week, and I was hemming and hawing as to whether or not to even attend. I had already paid for entry, but uh, I decided to do it after all. Um, and yeah, I don't know, like, I don't pretend to have any sort of expertise or knowledge about event management or handling or setting up to know the more proper way. I feel like fitting more cars into that up upstairs grassy car show, quote-unquote, area would have been better uh, than, like, separating the two classes. Um, but yeah, and then, and like another thing is like, oh, you're encouraged to to wear to dress up in your in your 80s and 90s garb, which most people dress up in kind of the fictionalized television 80s and 90s garb. You know, like people, like I I was only 10 years old in the 80s through the 80s. The entire all the entire decade of the 80s, I was 10 years old for all 10 years. Um, and I don't remember everybody in the world dressing like that, but yeah, people had their kind of Back to the Future looking clothes or their neon track suits and uh, their, their neon colored Ray-Bans and, and headbands and stuff like that. Uh, their, their Reebok pumps. Uh, I was gonna go, since I brought a 90s car, I was gonna do the whole 90s grunge thing, but it turned out to be like 88 degrees Fahrenheit that day, so I'm like, I'll just wear my normal t-shirt and jeans or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was interesting, uh, if, if not slightly disappointing. Um, I, I was parked next to, I was a few doors down from a, uh, a Nissan, uh, oh, what the heck are those cars that everybody's importing now because they're 25 years old? Skyline? GTR? Whatever. <laughs> um, I was actually parked next to one of those mid-engine bubble vans <laughs> that I never remember the name of. Um, and then even a few more cars down was a, was a Mitsubishi 3000 GT which was the direct competitor of the SVX. A better car, by no stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm like, I can take him. <laughs> I couldn't take him because there's a hole in my radiator. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a thing, and I was still getting over the cold. And I, I think I'm over the cold, but now in, in being so, the allergies have come back. So I was in a weird 
transition state 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 what was the word I'm looking for? Wolfie doesn't know. Situation where I'm like, is this still the cold or is this allergies? Because they certainly have two different um, feelings. But I think I'm into the allergies. <laughs> I think I'm back in allergy land because it's more just in my nose than like in my head and face and brain and body like a cold is. But anyway, thank you, Doc Gratis, for those donations and questions. Let's see, the sun is setting here, so let's make another elevated hidey hole. Question that was asked. Tomato. Oh, Mater. Ah, Tomato. I get it, Cone. Cone's a real jokester, a real wordsmith. And awakeness. I get whatever's cheapest at the grocery store. I'll go for a vine ripe tomato. But a lot of times, those come on the pre... They're like on the vine, so like, unless you bring a scissors with you, you'd pick up a bunch and there's like five on the vine. I'm like, I just want one. <laughs> um, but lately I'll go for the... Uh, the beef steak, is that what they're called? Like the really big ones, the big ones? Uh, just because they tend to be more ripe than the other ones. I used to go for the Roma tomatoes, but I, I feel like those don't have enough enough meat. There's not enough meat in there. The only reason I use tomatoes is on my sandwiches mostly, um, or if I'm gonna make a guacamole, but uh, yeah, that's my tomato choice. Since nobody asked, <laughs> Kotar asked, as someone, somebody, no, as someone who lives in the Bristol surrounding area, I've had multiple opportunities to watch a NASCAR race. Have you attended a race, professional or otherwise? Professional, like, have I attended a race professionally? I'm a professional race attender. What did you think? Any dream tracks you'd love to visit one day? Well, I did... Oh, can't get that. I did, uh, on multiple occasions, go to the Chicago Land Speedway because my dad worked for somebody who was a NASCAR fan who ended up buying tickets for his employees. Um, so I have gone... I think we did, like, the... What was at the time? The Bush? Race. Woo! Careful now, it could have been lava. And death! Uh, and then I did a couple, as they become less and less popular, I did a couple of the, uh, what at the time was the Nextel races, the main NASCAR Cup. Uh, I did an Indy car race there once. Um, I did also, I went to, I went to the, uh, the Daytona. Because I happened to be in Florida trying to watch a space shuttle launch, which didn't happen because it got 
pushed outside of the time that I was vacationing there. Uh, but it was also during the Daytona Speed Week. So I saw one of the, when they used to do the qualifying races, shootouts, uh, I guess. I just got like random tickets at the beginning of turn one or whatever. That was interesting to be at Daytona. I'm like, okay, I've done that. Didn't see a full race or whatever, but uh, that was different. Um, and then I'm pretty sure I was at a, I, I did a short track truck race somewhere, Milwaukee, outside of Milwaukee or something. I'm pretty sure my dad took us to, um, uh, and then I did have an uncle or one of my dad's uncles actually, who used to race and, and owned a sprint car that didn't race it, but like hired a racer to race it. And I remember as a kid, I was, I had to have been like seven or eight or something like that. He brought me to one of those small dirt tracks or whatever, and like dirt gets all on your face. <laughs> um, but I, that was something I was like too young. I didn't like understand, not, I, not that I didn't understand, but I didn't like have the same interests in racing that I perhaps do now. Um, so yeah, various little things like that, definitely. Uh, I certainly think a short track like Bristol or whatever would be more interesting than, say, a cookie-cutter Chicagoland or Daytona-style racing. Personally, I've never been to a road course race. Well, no, I take that back. I did go to the, uh, not necessarily road course, but I did go to the uh, Rallycross, whatever the Red Bull Rallycross was in Phoenix. I did do that. That was interesting and different. But I know our friend and ran when parked contributor. <laughs> Less Cubes goes to the Pacific Raceways a lot here in the Seattle area. That was, I knew that was gonna happen, but I still did it and I didn't lose any health. All right, I'm invincible. Uh, which has a lot of the historic races and things. I'd like to do that at some point. I'll have to figure out when those sorts of things happen. Maybe link up with one Less Cubes. But yeah, they're all right. I, 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 the NASCAR stuff got sick and tired after a while. A couple times we did end up getting the like manufacturer backstage pass. I don't know what the heck those are called. Uh, but because my dad worked for a GM dealership, they got tickets to get like go into the private kind of sponsorship area. And... Uh, And then, uh, I think I met Kevin Harvick. I don't know if I met him, but like, oh, he was there and like signing things and whatever. Because GM and he was at the time with GM Goodwrench. Um, we also got to go on the track and tour the pits. And like, we took a cheesy picture in Victory Lane. But uh, that was interesting. I mean, it was nice to get out of the, uh, <laughs> let's just say, to get out of the, 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 the tailgate parking lot area, <laughs> which was not necessarily my cup of tea or my cup of people to spend time with. In deed. Calvin, with their donation, asks, 
What's the worst driver you've ever encountered? What did they do? How did you react? Did they face any consequences that you know of? Well, let me tell you about a YouTube video that I uploaded. <laughs> uh, I don't know, it was just one of these things. I bought a dash cam a little bit ago. Uh, and uh, this time I was driving in the SVX, actually back from the Tacoma area after the car show, and almost got, didn't almost get smashed, but somebody changed into my lane to avoid a semi-truck going into their lane, which was avoiding a lane that was completely stopped, you know, at 1.30 p.m. on a Monday in Seattle, because why not traffic? Um, and uh, I just thought, it was an interesting chain reaction to upload. Um, the thing I didn't do was swerve out of my lane and into my next lane, which would have then gotten me clobbered from behind, because I was situationally aware of my surroundings, both in front of and behind. And I apologize if you can hear the weed whacker outside or leaf blower or whatever that is. But, uh, speaking of my allergies... But yeah, worst driver? I can't say I remember worst driver simply because there's so many of them and you only, hopefully, have to encounter them very briefly. This is gonna be fun. Ah! Oh, it was so fun until we died! For those listening to the podcast, we did not die, we just broke our boat. That's a shame. I was gonna go under the, the, the bridge, the natural sand bridge. This is dangerous stuff standing under here, let me tell you what. Um, I'm just gonna leave that be. Can we do a screenshot? I'll have to remember to do this in post-processing since I'm in the water and I can't actually stop to take a screenshot. Uh, his name starts with Bree and ends with On. Um, yeah, I don't know. I Yesterday I was driving to the grocery store last night. I could pull it up on my dash cam, but somebody pulled out of a parking lot in a, in a Corvette, uh, in like the current generation Corvette, and nearly spun themselves out. <laughs> like did one of those like, I'm gonna do a burnout, but then they end up getting 90 degrees sideways and freaking out and going, ah, you know, that sort of thing. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I thought that was very amusing. Um, trying to be all fancy pants in their in their Corvette, in their white Corvette or whatever it was. Uh, so that was amusing. And it was like, <laughs> Cone, I have never done such a thing in my life. I have never owned a car that could do such a thing in my life, so I guess I'm safe. Um... No, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen people stop at red lights and then proceed to travel through the red light after stopping because they apparently decided that they've waited long enough to continue. Um, and there's, of course, those who change lanes without checking their blind spots or aren't paying attention to the road patterns ahead and therefore panic at the last second instead of realizing that, oh, this lane is coming to a stop 
I should have known this because of the brake lights up ahead. Two or three cars ahead of where I'm at. I think... I think the, uh... Most difficult drivers to drive around are scared drivers. There are people who are scared to, like, merge or change lanes and that is very unpredictable as someone who is trying to drive defensively. Because they're, they, you know, I wouldn't even say that they're driving defensively, they're driving scared. <laughs> that is a different thing altogether. Um, and that can be frustrating to get around. I mean, obviously, like most people, unfortunately, I've driven around people who are like, this person is clearly drunk out of their mind and they should not be on the road. So I'm just going to back off or like be far away from them because that something bad is going to happen. Um, those, that's the worst, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, scared drivers uh, or, or drivers who don't know what their cars can do. Like the people who like, oh, something happens up ahead. So instead of jamming on the brakes, they jam on the brakes and then also swerve because they don't realize that, yes, their car actually can stop in that distance and they'd be perfectly fine and more safe if they stayed in their lane instead of zigging and zagging into everybody else's path. Um, but yeah. Hey, we have a SpaceX launch to potentially watch and our watch get scrubbed in T-minus two minutes. So I'm going to do that. And thank everybody for watching this episode of Farlands or Bust. Farlandsorbust.com is where you can donate and ask such questions as have been answered in this episode. My name is Kurt. Thanks so much for watching. I will see you next time. <laughs> This is going to be fun. Ah! Oh, it was so fun until we died.